Hello and welcome to Green Circle, a podcast series from the Electricity Hall. I'm your host, Uche. Every week, we bring you analysis on top current issues around renewable energy. With me today is Ohosa Hahon. Ohosa is an analyst with Nextia Power and we'll be discussing youth involvement in the Nigerian renewable energy sector. Ohosa, first of all, today is International Youth Day. <laughs> As a youth, are you inspired? Are you, do you feel celebrated or validated? I honestly didn't know it was International Youth Day till earlier this morning when I got into the office. So, happy International Youth Day, Jay. Speaking of youth and the energy sector, um, a lot of young people are making progress in the energy sector. I know it's on our continent, it's pretty new to see young people actually work in the sector, but I know a couple of them and I've spoken to a couple of people on the podcast. So, on the whole, I know it's a sector that has this high barrier to entry, especially for a lot of a lot of young firms, but we've seen um, a couple of young people actually make moves in the sector. Yeah. I don't know if you think it's a sector that would see, like the tech sector, where we have many young people in financial tech, do you think the renewable energy sector is one that would see many people coming in? Yes, I, I think so. I think there are so many opportunities for um, people, especially young people, to really take up roles, as you said, in this like novel sector. But I do sometimes worry that the constraints or limitations such as funding and access to this funding, it might be enough deterrent to keep younger people away from taking this bold renewable step, I guess. Funding is one of the greatest barriers to entry for the renewable energy sector, even for established firms. What do you think needs to be done to make this whole financing challenge more easier for firms that are coming on? I know people like All On, they have the energy challenge that happens every year where young untested people can apply and if you have an innovative idea, you could win funding. Do we need more of those? Do we need more initiatives like that in the sector? Absolutely. I think that Olon's challenge is actually one of the best things that surfaced on the renewable energy space, but there is capacity for a lot of international and local financiers to actually come and take up that space. Um, what people need to understand is the energy transition um, is happening now and it's something that the youth would have to conquer or be at the cornerstone of you know, these conversations in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So that's why it's important that we have more of these conversations, more of these challenges, more of this access to financing for young people who are looking to get into the space. Um, something I really noticed from speaking with Green Age, I spoke with Uche from Green Age, he spoke about bootstrapping, how they raised money through yeah. family, through friends. So they had to look for investors. It was a really, really basic search. It wasn't like a usual series funding like we have in the tech, tech sector. Yeah. yeah. So I mean renewable is tech if you really think about it. Is it is tech, but <laughs> <laughs> it's still like big big steps. Um, so I think there, there's this opportunity for the financial sector, especially in untested markets like Nigeria and uh, clean energy sector to come together to devise investment opportunities for young people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of young people trying to find investment opportunities. I know young people are looking for where to put in money, at least mm-hmm. most of us who have small money. Looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for where to put in small money. I think the renewable energy sector is one place where we can actually invest in and see returns. We just need to have this bridge between financial services and renewable energy in a way. So in terms of other opportunities in the tech sector, regardless of financing opportunities, we have the employment 
um, sector, um, we still need people who are skilled to actually fill these opportunities. And um, capacity building is one area I know that tends to be lacking. Um, we're not doing it at a scale as I would expect we're doing considering our energy challenges. Um, there are a couple of firms offering energy education and energy capacity building, but um, do you think it's enough? So you have people like um, the Energy Training Center who have you know dedicated much most of what they're doing towards educating people um, on energy or renewable energy systems. But there is a lot of work to do in capacity building. I think even just going and putting renewable energy or clean energy into our curriculums at secondary school, university, tertiary levels um, could really bridge that gap for knowledge um, while looking towards the future. Because I can't imagine a situation whereby people who are spending four, five, six years, if you're unlucky, in university coming out into a market that is basically going through the energy transition and looking towards employability people within this renewable clean energy space. So yeah, there is a lot of capacity building work to do. And I think the primary focus should really be moving towards people still in school. Okay, so rather than the youth focus school. Exactly. Rather than <laughs> focusing our attention on training people out of school, we should find a way to include it in our actual school curriculums Absolutely. to make Knowledge is it, but the thing is, changing school curriculums in Nigeria tends to be like a hard no, thing. Not necessarily changing school curriculum. So you have like these extracurricular activities, right? So after school time or summer camp or those kind of activities. I mean, I don't know what they do now, but we used to have these like, I don't know, what's the one with the colors where they were, where they have like the sports day, right? So you could have the something like the sports day as an extra curriculum, but have also a training facility for kids who want to learn how to mount a solar panel or something. Um, just to mention, I know a couple of people already <laughs> do this. I know right. because I've spoken to a lot of people because of this podcast. I know when Anita was on the show, she mentioned um, the EEP, the right, yeah. Education Program, yeah. wherever they deploy a solar system in a school, they tend to Educate. have STEM education, especially, and they even make sure to educate girls to ensure that the, the number of girls working on this project, this project only run for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. We need something that's a regular feature and not in selected schools. We need something that's widespread if we are to have enough capacity sure. actually accelerate our energy transition. As a young person in the sector, Oza, <laughs> you're young in the sector. I'm just a shout out. Oza was one of the ESI's yes, I am women in energy. Yeah, for me, you see, you're a woman. You're a in the sector. You're a, you're a young person in the sector. Thank you, Jay. Um, I just wanted to find out what has been your biggest challenge entering the sector. Gosh, um, the biggest barrier would maybe have to be, um, I wouldn't really call it a barrier because it's kind of helped me as well, but it's just being up to date. Like there's so much going on. <laughs> there's so much going on in the sector, their policies, their regulations, their international policies, likewise local policies as well. And there's also the change in um, approaches, your new approaches, the change in perspective. So there is a lot going on. And I think maybe when you set out into a normal industry, it's kind of just, it's a more direct approach, right? Where you're, where you know this is what happens in calculus and you have to come into the 
I don't know, the engineering scene and you become an engineer, you know this goes where. But yeah. when you're in a sector that you're constantly trying to challenge a narrative or create um, a new narrative, you're having to learn, you're having to keep updated, you're having to read the electricity hub constantly. Um, so that there's, there's a lot, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a challenge or a barrier, but I think because there's so there's so much information out there, it becomes quite hard to really navigate where exactly you want to focus your interest or your passion towards. I get you. It's kind of a broad sector, and yeah. you need to have a specific segment where you want to provide value going in. Speaking generally now, there's G seven universal energy access affordable. Um, to ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all by 2030. Um, it's just eight years. Let me just say eight because 2021 it's is almost over. over. <laughs> so this is almost running over. Um, do you think it's achievable? So the thing is, this is a question I've actually had to answer on a different show. And it's not like it's not achievable, but I think expectations need to be managed. I think a situation needs to be managed, and I think you actually put something up um, today around how um, you know more people are obviously reaching to have. I think China is reaching to have more coal facilities out. When it comes to the UN Sustainable Development Goals, you're trying to increase energy access, and most of this energy access should ideally come from clean energy solutions, right? Yes. If clean energy solutions are not being deployed as quickly, I mean, as we mentioned in the beginning, financing is a major um, 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 drawback to clean clean energy, right? Um, if that's not being deployed as quickly, then you have an issue of waiting till that happens. There was a pandemic last year that slowed everything down. This year, as we kind of slow because people are catching up again. Lord knows, you know, what could happen in the next eight years. So I just think decisions need to be a bit managed. And I think each, I mean, nationally should have their own goals. You know, like you know, if you have a goal in Nigeria and you say, okay, by this amount of time, we should have this many people connected to some sort of electricity or energy access, then that's the goal for Nigeria. And Ghana has their own population, Ghana has their own goals, but you're all still going towards an international global target. Okay, I think most countries do already do that. I, I know we yeah. have. It. 2030, the third vision, 2030. Was it that 2020? Oh, the 2020. That we forgot about that. The resolution 3030, the vision 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30
this chat i don't want it to end but <laughs> well, we've been talking for a while now so hey, i think it's happy youth day so let the youth speak <laughs> happy international youth day and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with me appreciate you it's been a pleasure please are they sharing rice so fast like what's what's happening today <laughs> don't worry if you are the youth we don't have enough funds we're sharing goodwill and positive vibes send us the funds thank you jay thank you all episodes of the Green Cycle Podcast can be accessed on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and on our website, podcast.electricityhub.com. Have a good one.